0: Are the Raiders making any moves as far as coaches or quarterbacks are concerned anytime soon? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 12th, 2023.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
2: team every day.
1: Just win. The autumn win is a Raider.
3: Pillaging just for fun.
0: And laugh when he's conquered and won. And, won. and welcome here, Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. And we appreciate my man Ari. Without Ari, the show's not up on YouTube. So we definitely appreciate him. Check him out I'm on Twitter. At RE Producers. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707 654 4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three of today's show. A lot of feedback from Sunday's game. Lost to the Vikings, 3-0, and of course, Monday show as well. So we'll get as much feedback in as possible coming up in segment number three. Segment number 2 we'll take you inside the Raiders' locker room, let you hear from a few players on the defensive side of things. Of course, the defense did its job, only held the Vikings to three points. The Raiders' offense was not able to compliment them and come up with any kind of a score, field goal, touchdown, whatever the case may be, so they lose the game 3-0. We'll take you inside the locker room. Uh, in segment number two of today's show. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And This will really be the last day that we look back on the Raiders' loss to the Vikings, 3-0. Uh, we know how it all shook out. The Raiders are 5-8 and eight overall, 13th in the AFC Conference. The Jets, the Titans, and the Patriots are the worst teams. They are sitting behind of the Raiders and the Patriots have been officially eliminated. They were eliminated as of Sunday. So again, the Raiders sitting there at the 13th spot, the Jets at 14, Titans at 15, Patriots at 16, even though the Titans won on Monday Night Football. As a matter of fact, after Monday Night Football's doubleheader with wins by the Titans and the Giants, respectfully, the Raiders are now up to sixth in the draft order for 2024, if you're keeping track. Again, I'm not ready to talk about the draft just yet. I know we're getting closer. Of course, I do have my eyes on players in the draft. That's why I watch college football. That's why I love college football is to really scout for the NFL. And, of course, I have my mind on some people, uh, some thoughts about some people, but I want to give the Raiders a couple more weeks while they're still playing games uh, before we really start to deep dive into the NFL draft. But, again, if you're keeping track of where they would draft, if the season ended today, it would be at the number six spot. So take that for what it's worth. Also, Antonio Pierce met with the media on Monday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center and I said on Monday's show that I thought that there was going to be some changes to the quarterback position and quarter and potential changes to the offensive coordinator as well or someone else on the coaching staff because it was something that Antonio Pierce had alluded to at his press conference on Sunday uh, following the game. And so if you didn't remember or didn't hear what he said on Sunday after the game, what made me have the idea that he was going to make a change probably at the quarterback's position and go to Jimmy G, it was based off of these comments right here. Check it out. This is Antonio Pierce following the game on Sunday uh, at Allegiant Stadium.
1: Antonio, going back to uh, the quarterback, was there any inclination during the game uh, to to move off of Aiden and and turn it over to to Jimmy? No, I think you can look at both teams how they were looking at it, right? But for us, um, we were moving the ball. There was opportunities, penalties, turnovers uh, for us to put points on the board. And I just wasn't a quarterback. That's why I said it was an offense. It's easy to point to figure out the quarterback. And obviously, you know, we'll look at that as we go forward. But... We knew what we got when we put Jimmy at, or excuse me, Aiden at quarterback. It was going to be some ups and downs, and this was not one of our better performances.
2: You said everything will be evaluated. Does that include your coordinators? Does that include everybody going forward? The whole forward? football
1: program. Our whole program. Everybody. Got to win. It ain't good enough. So, got to
0: win. So, there you hear Vinny Bonsignor asked a question about if there was any chance that, uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell was going to get sat down and Jimmy G was going to go in and uh, Antonio Pierce didn't want to put it all on the quarterback at that that time, which is fine, right? I get that. Uh, I think it was an offensive thing. It was not just on Aiden O'Connell. The offensive coordinator had a lot to do with it. The play caller had a lot to do with it. And then they just weren't able to get things cooking. No run game was able to get going. So, the offensive line wasn't doing their job. Uh, The Vikings were all in uh, Aiden O'Connell's lunch all day long so he wasn't really able to sit back in the pocket and be comfortable. There's a few times that he had a lot of time to uh, throw the ball, and then when he did, nobody was getting open. There was no separation. So there was a lot that was working against, uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders' offense on Sunday. But then you heard the follow-up by Ed Graney when he said, okay, so uh, you mentioned players are going to be evaluated. What about coaches as well? And he said everybody. Everyone's going to be evaluated. So to me, that made me really feel like that was kind of the the – you know the precursor to okay we're deciding we're going to make this change for Thursday because look remember Antonio Pierce is trying to win games. He wants to be the full-time head coach. He wants to get that interim tag ripped off after the season's over, after they go through the interview process. He wants to be the guy moving forward long-term. And I think a lot of Raider Nation wants Antonio Pierce to be that guy as well. So he's trying to win games. It's not like there's an established head coach that you know who's going to be there next year, you know who the GM's going to be, and, well, you can just ride now with Aiden O'Connell and then just go about your business after that. Uh, worst-case scenario. So that's another reason why I'm thinking that, okay, Jimmy G is going to be the guy that they go to. I realize there's a contract situation. I realize that his contract, you know, $11.25 million is already guaranteed as far as his base, so they'd have to pay him that. But the other $11.25 million is injury, and we know Jimmy G's injury history. We know what's going on with that. So similar to Derek Carr a season ago, they don't want to see him get injured because then they have to pay that money. Again, it's guaranteed for injury. But like I said, Antonio Pierce is trying to win games. He wants to be the head coach. So that's what made me think that. But on Monday, as we met with Antonio Pierce, it didn't sound like any changes were coming soon, and he wasn't going to make any decisions quick, fast, and in a hurry, even though they play again on Thursday. So uh, here's Antonio Pierce responding to Vinny Bonsignor about changes at the quarterback position. I ask him about, you know, if there's any sense of urgency to make a decision because they play on Thursday. And then you'll hear a question from Adam Hill just based off of, What that game, that loss to the Vikings, how that made him feel after he left the stadium and thought back on on that loss. Here it is. Check it out. Tony, you had mentioned that
1: a lot of things would be evaluated. Um, Anything in (laughs) relation to uh, quarterback uh, going into Thursday or still? Yeah, I'm still evaluating. We're going through that process now. Uh, We'll see how the week goes.
4: With it being a short week, how quickly do you have to... Make some decisions.
1: Not quick. We'll just go through the process. Not going to rush to make any decision. Not do anything emotional based off what I read, hear, what anybody's telling me. I'll go off my gut. That's a kind of performance that hasn't happened since you've been here. Uh, obviously, yesterday was a different uh, kind of feeling than the other, the other games you guys have played. Have been, been you been know, much better. Uh, how, how did you kind of handle it last night? How did you react? What was your kind of uh, thought process leaving the stadium and kind of going about your, your night? Yeah, it hurt. Disappointing. It's um. It was unexpected. Uh, thought we did a good job during the bye week. Self-scout, looking at ourselves, looking at the opponent. I thought I did the same. Thought we did a decent job of preparing. Obviously, that didn't show up. Um, and whenever you're shut out and the game is played where the defense is pretty much dominating the game, and it can go either way. Look, we could have won that game 3 nothing, right? Um, didn't happen. But it's, it's disappointing to let opportunities slip by. And, you know, again, it is what it is. But you look at the last three losses in the fourth quarter, 20-13, 21-17, 0 to start. And we talk about finishing the fourth quarter. Uh, Got to do better there. But uh, obviously, uh, it, was, it was a rough night.
0: So I thought that that was really the highlights of the press conference on Monday for Antonio Pierce. It was about five minutes long. And that was about a minute 30. So that was about the best parts of it right there, those three questions that were asked. There were some other uh, areas, like I asked him about Tyree Wilson. Others talked about the defense. Others talked you know, about other areas. But again, it was only five minutes, so you can imagine that his answers weren't very lengthy. But uh, he's not going to make any decisions quickly. He's going to go with his gut feeling. He doesn't care what anyone writes, what anyone says, what anything he hears. So uh, I can respect that. And then also I respect the fact that that loss meant a lot to him. You heard the disappointment in his voice. If you watched it while it was going on live, you saw the the body language from him and the disappointment in his body language, a guy that's always up-tempo, you know, super fired up. You could see that that loss uh, really hurt him. And I could appreciate that, that he cares so much about this position and this organization, this team, and really getting this position as the full-time head coach, that that, 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 that loss really sat in his crawl, right? It really bothered him. And again, I can appreciate that. Instead of coming out and saying, well, the players didn't execute, they didn't do their job, we had an opportunity, uh, but they've got to go out there and learn how to win before they learn how to lose, or they got to learn how not to lose before they win. Whatever Josh Daniels said, it's complete opposite with Antonio Pierce. He literally took that loss personal. I definitely can appreciate that because that's what you want from your head coach, from your leader. You know, as he told the players, we're going to win together, we're going to lose together. So the way they felt after losing is the way he felt after losing as well. Real quick... As we wrap up segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast news and notes of the day, uh, the first injury report for this week came out, and since they're playing on Thursday, we get the injury report Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then 90 minutes before the game on Thursday, we'll find out who's active and who's inactive. So real quick, for Monday, the Raiders didn't have a real practice. It was walkthrough, so today's uh, report will probably be a little bit better, but Monday's report is just an estimate. So who would have estimated not participating in practice on Monday? Max Crosby with the knee injury. Josh Jacobs with what they're calling a quad injury, as opposed to a knee injury. Andre James with the ankle injury. Uh, Keanai Mauga with the knee injury, and then also Colton Miller with the shoulder injury. So that's a lot of guys right there. Five guys that did not participate on Monday. Again, just an estimate, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have practiced. They wouldn't have participated if they had a real practice. Curtis Bolton was limited with a groin. Adam Butler limited with an ankle injury. Amik Robertson limited with the wrist injury, and Brandon Faison with the shin injury. Was a full participant, so that's good, especially if Amika's is banged up for Thursday against the Chargers. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, later on today, when we get another injury report, I'll go over Tuesday's report and Wednesday's report for the Chargers as well. But more importantly, just wanted to go over the silver and black, uh, on today. So, uh, coming up tomorrow, coming up in segment number two, excuse me, we'll take you inside the Raiders locker room, let you hear from a couple of the defenders that I thought did a really good job on Sunday, even though it resulted in in a loss for the Silver and Black. Before we get to that though, I do want to tell you about game time. If you're thinking about going to the game on Thursday at Legion Stadium, you want to get some tickets. Cool. Do it. You shouldn't have to worry about uh you know, last minute tickets. You shouldn't have to worry about stressing to get tickets last minute if that's what you want. Maybe you're just getting to town, maybe you're in town and you got some friends coming to town and they want you to get some tickets for them and you think, "Okay, I'll do it, but I don't want to pay Crazy prices. Well, Game Time's going to hook you up. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's not just sporting events either. They have, uh, they have concerts. They have comedy shows, theater events. Whatever the case may be, they have you covered. And, again, deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's a place to find last-minute seats. They have zone deals. You pick the section, Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Well, what do you have to do? Download the Game Time app create an account use the code lockedonNFL for $20 off your first purchase again that is game time app you got to download that create an account use the code lockedonNFL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply you got again you got to create an account redeem code is lockedonNFL that's L O C K E D O N NFL for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed
2: every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to take you inside the Raiders locker room. We had an opportunity after the game on Sunday to catch up to a bunch of players. There wasn't many from the offensive side of things. As you can imagine, they didn't put up any points, so they got out of there pretty quick, fast, in a hurry. Devontae Adams was out of the locker room the minute that uh, we started to walk in the locker room. He walked right past us, made a beeline, and that happens sometimes. Josh Jacobs, he was banged up. We didn't get an opportunity to catch up with him or see him. Uh, You know, Jacoby Myers was in there, had a chance to catch up with him Dylan Parham was in there got a chance to catch up with him AJ Cole special team side of things he was there obviously had a hell of a day punting. uh Janarius Robinson Janarius Robinson excuse me we caught up with him uh Max Crosby caught up with him uh I mentioned AJ Cole Amik Robinson Nate Hobbs and Tyree Wilson all caught up with them as well so let's go ahead and start things off inside the Raiders locker room with Amik Robinson he took this game really personal. He did. He took the game personal, the loss personal, and talk, uh, talked about the Vikings fans as well as they went into Allegiant Stadium and felt like making it their own, and he took that personal as well. Here's Amik Robertson in the Raiders locker room reacting to the loss.
5: Horrible. 3-0. unacceptable man, you know, especially when their fans are able to come here and be louder and make it seem like it's their the home game. So it's pitiful, man. We just got to get better. Is there a point out there
4: where you felt like the defense was going to have to score?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just an opportunity. I'm not saying the offense couldn't get the job done, but us as the ball you know, we had opportunity. We just didn't take advantage of them.
4: How do you turn around real quick with uh, knowing you have another game on Thursday? Like you-
5: I always say, 24 uh, hour rule harp on the loss, you know, dwell on it. 24 hours, get over it, focus on the next week.
4: Is it a little bit more disappointing because this is coming off a bye week?
5: Definitely, definitely. And um, you when know, they come in, like, like I said before, they come in, and beat us, and their fans was you know, kind of louder than ours. Just un, you know, it's just un, unacceptable. We just got to, we just got to be better.
4: How do you do? What do you do to correct that?
5: Continue. First and foremost, stay together. Stay together, man. And continue working on the little things and. Us as a defense, man, we got to find a way to get the ball. You know, and I put it on, put it on me, put it on, you know, the secondary,
4: whatever, you know, we got to find a way to get the ball. What was the message that AP sent to you guys after the game? What did you say? Stay together.
5: You know, uh, Focusing on next week, but most importantly, stay together. Obviously, any defense doesn't want to give up any points going into a game, but giving us three and then leaving with the loss, what, what emotion? We shouldn't, we shouldn't let them get them down. I mean, we shouldn't let them even get down there, you know, so. Put it on us. You know, I could you know us as a defense, man, we know we could we can take it. You know, if the offense not whatever, then then their offense can't score at all. You know, and unfortunately you no, know, they was able to put up three. So, so just put it on us.
0: So there's a meek right there just talking about the game in general talking about the loss, talking about the way he felt, talking about the way he felt hearing the Vikings fans do their skull chant, and they did. They were loud and proud there uh, in Allegiant Stadium and sitting there in the press box. There was a lot of purple, and we've talked about that a lot. The Raiders need to establish winning at home they really do, and uh, you know maybe opposing fans won't be as comfortable as the Vikings fans were traveling to Allegiant and having a good old time in the stadium and doing their chance. And I know some of them left the stadium after the game, kind of wondering what the hell they just saw. As the uh, Vikings only were able to put up three points, but they still came away with the victory, so they felt better than obviously Raider Nation did, uh, as the Raiders got blanked on Sunday at Allegiant. How about rookie Tyree Wilson, man? I thought he had his best game as a as a rookie as a as an NFL player uh, on Sunday. Thought he did a really good job, especially playing from the inside, the interior. That's one of the questions that I asked uh, Antonio Pierce about on Monday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, but had an opportunity to catch up with Tyree Wilson uh, following the game in the Raiders locker room. So uh, I lead things off just talking about the game and how he was feeling out there, especially the performance that he had as an
4: individual. Tyree, you guys didn't come away with a victory, but the defense played outstanding all day. What what were you feeling out there? What were you seeing out there? You know, uh, we all came to agreement the last five weeks
6: just – Put everything on the line, you know. Uh, any bad plays, just flush it and keep going. So, you know, that's what I did. Uh, I'm trying to trying to be the best version of myself for my defense and my brothers. It seemed like the game slowed down a little bit to you. Looked like you were playing your ass off. How would you feel out there yourself? You know, I, I felt good. You know, I'm I was communicating with my teammates. You know, trying to be in key positions so other people can make plays and uh, so we could come out with the W.
1: How oh, frustrating is it for you guys to play how, how your best game of the season and then
7: come out with to end in
6: this game? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we we got to be better. Uh, it can come down to us. We need, you know we need turnovers. If if you know the off, if the office is struggling, one day we need turnovers to put the game in our hands so we can come out with the W. How do you turn things around real quick, knowing you have a game on Thursday as well? And you know, you just come in tomorrow, uh, evaluate the film and, you know, flushing and go back to work.
0: So you now I suppose how much did you play
4: inside today? Is that something that you're starting to get a little bit
6: more comfortable that playing inside, so is inside the edge, being of you? You know, uh, coming into the Raiders, you know, they value me uh, playing inside and outside. You know, I'm just, they needed me to play inside this day. So, uh, you know, I do, do what's best for the team.
1: Minnesota is one of the best offensive lines. Seemed like you guys were able to get in the backfield pretty consistently. What did you guys talk about as a team that led to
4: that type of success?
6: Uh, like I said, you know, we met uh, as, a, as a defense and, you know, came in and just wanted, just wanted to go win, win the, win the football game, win the next five games, and whatever it took to get the W is, is what we did.
4: What were some of the things uh, Antonio and Max said before the fourth quarter started when all you guys were on the sideline? Uh, looks like he's trying to motivate everybody
6: before the fourth quarter began. Uh Just come together as a team. Uh, do whatever it takes. He, he said the game wasn't going to be pretty. Uh, so just do whatever it takes to win the game. What did you see from your teammate, Malcolm Koontz, who's over there? Uh, what would you see from him? He had a hell of a game as well. I mean, <laughs>
7: he's, he's, <waiting>. a, <laughs> he, he's,
6: he's a baller. He was he was getting pressure on the quarterback, making some key plays. You know, we feed off each other's energy. So uh, we're going to continue to go and, you know, keep going as as a defense
0: so there's tyree wilson right there in the raiders locker room and you heard what he had to say about his performance uh you know just about the defense in general staying together uh playing on a short week and uh, you heard me ask about malcolm coontz and the reason why and i'll tell you the story real quick malcolm coontz's locker is right next to tyree wilson so while tyree was getting dressed him and malcolm coontz were talking and then malcolm walked off to go to the to take a shower Tyree hurried up and finished getting dressed so that's when I caught up to Tyree it was like hey you got a couple minutes he said sure no problem so in the locker room this is how it goes down when reporters see one guy talking to uh, players all of a sudden they flock over real fast so cameramen from TV stations uh, NFL Network was there you know different radio guys just all, all kind of reporters gather around so I went and grabbed Tyree myself and Lindsey Brown from the morning tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920 we went and grabbed him uh, Paul Gutierrez was there as well from ESPN and then all of a sudden there was a bunch of people around him really quickly following that so malcolm coons comes out of the shower looks up and sees everyone around tyree well that's blocking his locker as well so he now he can't get dressed so he's standing there and all i heard was a big oh damn (laughs) right i heard that so i kind of got a laugh and then he decided to play along he was a good sport about it uh he wasn't really worried about getting to his locker to be able to get dressed he was looking and basically responding to every answer that was asked to Tyree. He was just like, okay, like making faces like, okay, so how are you going to answer this one? How are you going to answer that one? So that's why I said, well, what do you think about Malcolm Coons? Cause he was standing right there. And then when he responded, and I said, well, is that how it went down? Uh, you know, then Malcolm just kind of, yeah, basically, right. So I thought that that was kind of cool. But again, Malcolm was a really good sport about it. So that's why you heard me ask about Malcolm Koontz, who happened to be standing right there in the scrum that was all around Tyree Wilson, uh, having a little bit of fun with the rookie there in the Raiders locker room. Finally, uh, Nate Hobbs. He's another guy that I thought had a hell of a day. Uh, played his backside off, did a really good job. Him, Amik, Tyree, they all did a really good job. Of course, Max Crosby as well. Janarius Robinson uh, did well. Thought they all did. A.J. Cole mentioned him, but Nate Hobbs, he's always a, a good dude to catch up with, so had a couple minutes to catch up with Nate. Here's what he had to say following the game.
4: Nate, the defense played your ass off out there. You guys lose 3 nothing. What were you thinking out there? Did you feel like the defense was going to have to score to, to try to win that one?
3: Sure, so, absolutely. If we look at Just one turnover, you know, get the field position for the offense. We could have for sure put points on the board or, you know, do it ourselves. But we just, it just, you could say we played a great game, but it wasn't enough. Right. How frustrating is that coming off the bye week? Uh, It's (laughs) it's a sick feeling. I never lost 3-0, so. I don't know what that felt like until, until now.
4: Right. But, you guys always talk about the 24-hour rule, and you guys have a quick turnaround. You play again on Thursday. Is it yeah. even faster, sped up a little bit now?
3: Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, you know, you still, it, it's going to be have to be about a 12-hour, yeah, 16-hour rule now. But, you know, it's next game, next play is just the, the nature of the business. So. Right. What
5: was AV's message after the game
3: to the team? Yep. Um... We could play we could play good, you know what I'm saying, but good ain't good enough. But we gotta we gotta do whatever it takes to win these type of games and y'all seen, you know what I'm saying, that it, it takes that, it takes everything. Obviously any defense doesn't wanna give up any points going into a game. Mm-hmm. What emotion do you describe just I mean giving up three and still coming out? Do you have one for them? Sickening. <laughs> Sickening, but nice game. So we got a game on Thursday, can't dwell on that at all.
4: Coach AP always talks about staying together in a game like this. How, how tough is it not to, you know, or how tough is it to stay together, I should say? I
3: mean, I feel like the bond that uh, us and the guys have built, I feel like that that wouldn't be hard for us, if I'm being honest. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that just because, you know, I'm on the team. That's what I'm supposed to say. I wouldn't have said that, um, you know what I'm saying, with other teams or whatever the case may be. But this team, I feel like we, we built for that.
4: So. Is it going to be kind of good for you guys to be able to get back on the field real quick, just to erase this one and get onto another game?
3: Opportunity, the faster the opportunity comes, you know what I'm saying, the quicker you get to get that get back. So it's always it's always nice when you, you get that taste out of your mouth quicker than usual.
0: So there you go. You hear from Raiders uh, corner Nate Hobbs. He's the guy who played inside, played outside. Of course, he's very physical. And I think that, man, he's a really good addition and a really good piece as long as he's healthy to that Raiders defense. And I got to give them a lot of credit. I got to give Patrick Graham a lot of credit as well. Max Crosby, you know he's the face of the franchise. He's the face of the defense. Uh, But he's getting it done, and the defense is getting it done without a bunch of big, flashy names. Robert Spillane's not a big, flashy name, right? Tyree Wilson is a rookie that's trying to come into his own. Uh, You know, Amik Robertson is a guy that's been scratching and fighting and clawing for everything he's got in the NFL. Trayvon Merrick's starting to come along in the back end. Marcus Epps is, you know, a, a nice little addition that they picked up as a free agent. Ja'Corian Bennett, as far as the uh, rookie corner goes, he hasn't really done a whole lot yet. Jack Jones, they just picked him up off of waivers. He's trying to work his way into the mix, right? There's not a whole lot of big-time names, but uh, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, you know, guys like that, they're really showing their worth. And so I think that, man, this Raiders defense could be so much better if they just get one more big time player, maybe a big time defensive tackle, or maybe Tyree Wilson ends up playing better from the interior than he does uh, on the outside on the edge. But uh, still, w- one more piece, two more pieces away, and this defense, I think, has a chance to be outstanding. What's on your mind? Your calls and texts are coming up next in segment number three 707 654. 4693 before we get to that though do want to tell you about DoorDash no matter what the case may be you can always go to DoorDash you can always download the DoorDash app and you can get any of your favorite food whenever you really need it well at at, you know and and it's very convenient comes right to your house it can come right to the the job whatever the case may be uh, it's good it's convenient it's quick and it's going to the places that you love the most I tell you all the time that the wife uses the DoorDash app all the time to get food for herself uh, maybe food for me if I can't get away from uh, this radio slash podcasting slash everything that I got going on a lot of times she'll just say hey what are you thinking what are you feeling and boom she'll just DoorDash it but uh, if you got the app or if you don't have the app and you want to get it, you need to get it right now. Download it. uh, Use the promo code LOCK23 and you'll get 50% off a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Again, download the DoorDash app. Promo code LOCK23. You'll get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order. Subject to change. Terms apply. Get it now. Get the DoorDash app. Use the promo code LOCK23. Again, 50% off of the $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order with DoorDash.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
2: team every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Plenty of feedback from the game on Sunday and also the show on Monday. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. We got a text from Enzo. What's up, Q? Enzo here. When the season started, I was disappointed that we lost some games I thought we should have won. Since AP took over, I thought we could turn it around. Now I'm mad that we won five games. I'm still a believer in AP for head coach, but I'm also okay if Mark decides to go in another direction. One thing I know for sure is we need to do whatever we need to get into the top three of the draft and get a franchise quarterback we could build around. That is the key to the future is an undisputed franchise star quarterback. I'm okay with the team trading any player on the roster minus Max Crosby to make that happen. Thanks for all you do. I start each weekday listening to the pod and it's only the way to start the day. Go Raiders. That's from Enzo. Thanks so much for the text. I appreciate you. And currently uh, after the results of Monday night football, the Raiders are sitting in the number six spot uh, on the draft. I do believe like you that they need to go in the order of going and getting a dynamic franchise quarterback. That's nothing against Aiden O'Connell. I just think that some of the, Areas that he struggles in, as far as moving the pocket, again not having to be the most dynamic guy on the ground, but still being able to, uh, you know, use his legs as as weapons and and keep plays alive and you know have an opportunity, especially with an offensive line that is built like the Raiders' offensive line, which is not great. I think that you've got to be able to get a young stud uh, arm and just talent in general. So I'm with you 100. Again, Aiden O'Connell could prove to be a really good backup, and what this year has shown me is that you need all the backup quarterback talent you can get, right? There's so many quarterbacks across the league that are either out for the season or out for multiple games, including Justin Herbert, who won't play on Thursday. We found that out officially on Monday. He won't play on Thursday, so it's going to be, what's his name, the Easton Stick Show, right? So, I mean, it's it's a lot of backup quarterbacks across the league, so it's not a bad gig to have. I think Aiden O'Connell's probably fit better for that, but, you know, you got to go and do whatever you got to do to go get that spot and hopefully the Raiders don't have to trade anyone that's a big-time player I'm I agree with you that Max Crosby is untouchable but for the most part everyone else you know they could be moved on from but hopefully it doesn't come down to that I would hate to see a guy like Devontae Adams get moved for anything Uh, you go get a star quarterback You got to have a stud to throw him to right (laughs) that would be ideal so hopefully it doesn't come down to that but thanks for the text I do appreciate you up next, got a call from Nate from the 626. He's calling to respond to what Amik Robertson had to say about the fans at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Here he is, Nate from the 626.
7: Thank you, Nate from the 626 here. I listened to the Amik Robertson interview, and I agree with him for the simple fact that you know um, the opposing fans are indeed taking over Allegiant Stadium. But I'm going to disagree with him on the side that The Raiders aren't giving us anything to cheer for. Why would you want to go all the way to Vegas, spend your hard-earned money just to watch a loss? The only time where I felt that there was a change was when, you know, there was a coaching change and, you know, against the Giants. And I was at that game, and there was, you know, quite a few Giants fans, but the energy was different. But other than that, it's just been flat, mediocre. You know, the same old stuff that we've been witnessing for the past two decades, and until you know, the Raiders themselves as a player, the players, the organization, the coaches, until they start winning, I don't think anybody has the right to call out any fan base. You know, I, I just, I really don't. And, you and, know, and it's kind of unfair to us that really do go out there and spend our money just to go watch them, you know, and they lose most of the time. So maybe I'm wrong, It's just my opinion, in a in a hypothetical way. Or, in you know, wouldn't it be awesome if, we could make a like a franchise trade, and we could send the Chargers out to Vegas, and put the put the Raiders back to L. A. where they belong. Yeah, maybe I'm just dreaming. <laughs> Anyways, stay up, guys. Keep your heads up.
0: Thanks, Nate, for the call. I appreciate you. And I'll tell you, I didn't take the fans' comment from Amik like he was dumping on Raider Nation. I thought, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, he was just saying that. The Vikings fans felt comfortable to go into Allegiant Stadium, take over, make more noise than Raider Nation because, well, they had something to cheer for, especially at the end, do their skull chants. And, you know, that's what I thought he was talking about. That's how it sounded to me uh, as a guy that was in the locker room listening to what he had to say. I felt like that that's exactly what he was saying. It's just that he made it. He was upset that the Viking fans were so comfortable and so loud and did what they did. Raider Nation, I was there. Raider Nation was was loud. They absolutely were super loud and proud. Every time that the Raiders needed them to get loud, they did. There's no doubt about that. So I never took it that he was dumping on Raider Nation. I think he was just more upset that another fan base felt the need to go into the stadium and be as loud as they were. And obviously, that's not the first time. So that's just, that was my takeaway. Maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that I've been wrong. So uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, I got time for a couple more. Got a text from Mike in Buffalo AQ. Mike from Buffalo here. My thoughts on what the Raiders should do going forward. Give Jacobs a rest. Let's see what Zamir has. I love Jacobs. Want the Raiders to re-sign him. But they need to see if Zamir has it. If not, they need to draft someone. Let Aiden play the year out. Figure out if they need to move on from him. I'd love to see AP return as the head coach. The offensive plays have to change next year. Not a knock on bow He can only do so much midseason. The offensive plays are just boring and predictable, need some creativity, hoping for next or better days next year. Raiders. That's Mike in Buffalo. Thanks so much for the text. And yeah, you know, with Josh Jacobs being banged up and they're calling it a quad injury, I wouldn't be shocked if he misses this game on Thursday. And I wouldn't blame him. I really wouldn't. Zamir White, I agree. You need to see what you got in him. Uh, you know, they drafted him in the fourth round. Of course, the guy who's drafted him is no longer with the team. We get that. And Dave Ziegler. But you still want to see what you got in Zamir White. Um, Aiden... Probably will play the year out. I felt like that there was going to be a, a change made based off of what I heard from Antonio Pierce on, sun, on yeah, Sunday. And uh, we heard what he said on Monday, and he wasn't going to make a change anytime soon. So I know he needs to win games. I know he wants to win games. If he still feels Aiden O'Connell gives him the best opportunity, cool. It's not like there's much difference between Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell. I rolled that out on Monday's show. Their stats are very similar. Uh, obviously, Jimmy G has the has the uh, the injury clause in his contract where a lot more money would be paid to him if he does get injured. But at some point, maybe uh, just a different voice or a different guy behind center is needed if, in fact, the ultimate goal is to win games. They might want to go in that direction. That's what I thought we were going to hear on Monday. We did not. So, you know, I think it's very difficult to make a change last second. But then again, the other side of that is, even though it didn't sound like there's a change coming anytime soon, they could just already know in their mind what they're going to do and don't want to announce it because why give the Chargers more information than they need? So that's the other thing. So maybe they do make a change on Thursday, and we won't find out about it until Thursday, and maybe they don't. You know, again, I would have no problem if they let O'Connell ride it out the rest of the season. I, I sure wouldn't. And I wouldn't have any problem if they go with Jimmy G either in efforts to try to win games uh, moving forward or think that, you know what, let's give this guy a shot because I think maybe he can help out try to win a game this week. So, again, it, it's it's, you know... Six one way, half a dozen the other, or whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever that saying is, I don't. Know. that makes me want to scratch my head. So uh, thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. Let's get one more call in. This one's a pretty lengthy one from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to explain why the game on Sunday felt like the end of an era to him, and he explains why. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon.
2: Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan from Oregon calling in here. Hey, I, I appreciate the pod Monday, like always, uh, but – Something a little different, you know, when we come out of these, these, uh, games where, you know, you kind of feel like, for me, I felt like this one was the end of an era for the Raiders. And let me explain what I mean by that. You know, it's kind of a bummer, but since you've taken over the pod queue, it has nothing to do with when you started, but i just using that as like kind of a timeline is literally, man, it's just, I, I would say it's been more of a roller coaster. Um, you know, just I'll do a quick, quick think back, but like, you know, when Gruden came in, and that first season it it was it was close to a rebuild but it wasn't i mean we got rid of players like mac and cooper in that first season with gruden but we kept a lot of players too and re-signed some of our linemen, re-signed uh a, a carter the massive deal the, the previous year and it was it wasn't like we completely stripped it down and there was a bit of hope too because you kind of saw within the first season with gruden that yeah we we came out 4 and 12 but you could see what he was trying to do and he felt like the team, at least at the end of the year, I kind of felt like we had an identity and, and going into 19, you know, 2019 season, the team made a big jump. I felt like, uh, with, with just going from that, even I think they finished seven and nine and then flash forward to the, the COVID season and we pretty well finished 500 and it was like, there was a bit of progress being made, and we all were just saying, "Let Gruden get his guys." Remember that? Let Gruden get his guys, and he's going to cook." Well, then we hit twenty one, and we all know what happens, man. It was finally our season to cook, and we were three and one out the gate, and everybody else knows the rest, man. And I really feel like I could just leave it at that, but we we somehow squeak in the playoffs, and that that would have been the year if we didn't squeak in at the whole thing. I feel like would have just been torn down, but the last couple of years, beans that we squeaked in in 21, the whole McDaniels thing, Rare Nation, you already know what happened, but it wasn't a rebuild. It was because we squeaked in in 21, they wanted to run it back in 22. And I think that's where there was an opportunity right there to, to, if, if Mark wanted to really make a change, it should have been right there. And, and we all, hindsight's 2020, 20, but. Here we are, man. And, uh, this is the beginning of a new era. You wanted to, we all wanted to give AOC some time. And I remember I made a call a couple weeks ago and, and, uh, you pointed out like, Hey, we're going to know, we're going to know when it's done because we're going to know if they're going to give him a chance to, to see what he's got. And same with Antonio Pearson. Here we are, man. And I just think it's the end of an era. I think this is the beginning of the band-aid getting ripped off. And uh, to me, Q, I'm cool with it. I'm happy with it. I'd rather go that route than this constant, like, hey, let's try to to shift a few things. Thank you
0: for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And that was a hell of a timeline you rolled out. It was an accurate timeline, but it was a hell of a timeline that you rolled out. Um, You know, I want to see what the next moves are, uh, what happens over the next four games, who is out there playing, uh, who isn't, who gets shut down. I think these next four games will tell you a lot about who's going to be a Raider, who wants to be a Raider, who should be a Raider, Moving forward, So I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of questions out there that still need to be answered. I think Mark Davis has a lot of questions that he's going to have to answer. What direction does this team want to go? Do they want to try to build with AP, which I'm telling you would be kind of exciting. I would be excited by that because he's a young head coach or he's a young, young prospect. So if he were to, to, to get the head coaching job and they give him an opportunity to grow, give him like a three-year deal, give him a chance to grow. If it seems like he's, he's that guy. Okay. Boom. Then all of a sudden you have this guy that you build up within your organization and that's great. But you might say, you know what, this guy is not capable of doing the job, at least right now. He's not capable of leading the team the way that we need him to, to lead the team. So they got to go in another direction. Again, I'm glad that's Mark Davis's decisions and not your boy's decisions, because I don't want nothing to do with it. That is a, a, a lot of, of questions. And really, I've said it multiple times ever since Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler got fired. You got to get it right. You got to get it right and they've got to get it right. So there's a lot riding on this decision, and, of course, nothing could happen, nothing could be made until after the next four games. Uh, Then all of a sudden all bets are off, and we'll see what direction they start to go and what names uh, we start hearing about getting interviewed for a potential job of not only the head coach but the GM as well. So thanks so much for that. Uh, Coming up tomorrow we'll have uh, uh, more texts. I got a text from Victoria out the 562, uh, Swerve. Uh, the Raider in the Bay. Uh, Rose Park Raider as well got a text in. Uh, and then Raider X got a call. So got a lot of feedback that I still want to get back uh, on tomorrow's show. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, we'll turn the page. Thursday we'll have the crossover edition and also the game at the same time. So, uh, matter of fact, I'll give you keys to victory what I believe the keys to victory will be, or what I think is most important for the Raiders on Thursday as well, what needs to be showcased, how it needs to be showcased. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. News and notes of the day as well, and we'll get calls and texts, and then we'll have the crossover edition on Thursday. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.